Okay, so Aaron, guess what? What? The oak tree that I've been watching like a hawk for about two months okay. is finally starting to leaf. <laughs> starting to leaf? Yeah, like the leaves are growing. Like it went, it took so long. Oak trees take forever, in case you didn't know this. Like the other trees are all like, hey, it's springtime. It's almost summer. But the oak tree was like, no, I'm going to hang on to this. I'm going to go real slow. I'm going to start small. <laughs> And then just slowly, slowly. Like, the leaves aren't even full size yet. It's like, you can do it. Just cheering on the old oak. Yep. Old oak. He was my friend from Acorn. (laughs) Now showing the All My Movies podcast. Please silence your cell phones and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Mary. Hi, this is Aaron. And hello, this is Alex. I'm guesting today. (laughs) Hey, everybody. It's our first ever repeat guest star, guest (sighs) co-host, my brother, Alex Heiner. Welcome. I feel so honored to be the first ever. I'm the the Alec Baldwin of all my movies. I feel so good about that. Special, special stuff. Yes, most most co-hosting. That's yeah. you. You get a jacket. I don't know. But that's once a season. That's once a that's season. Once that's a pretty season. good. That's, that's batting a thousand percent, quite frankly. Pretty impressive. And, you know, there's no other movie that we would ask you to join in on than the one that we're going to be doing, which is a part of the Harry Potter franchise, number three, The Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. Yes. As starring, of course, Emma Thompson. And because that's who we're profiling this year on All My Movies Season 2. So if you're just joining us, All My Movies, we take a deep dive into one actor's career. And like the highlights, the lowlights. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The fake noses, (laughs) it's coming. (laughs) Yeah, once we get to that Nanny McPhee. Woo! I know. I wonder if she's had any others. I'll have to look into this prosthetics thing since I talk I about it all the time. Right. I don't think we've seen one yet in okay. Sense and Sensibility, <laughs> Saving Mr. Banks and Late Night. No, none of them. We did see a perm. A mm, perm. That's, yep. Okay. A lot of shawls, some large glasses. Yes. Mm-hmm. Coming up. Coming up. So this is uh, number three of the Harry Potter series. Now, uh, we are all uh, pretty big Potter fans, I would say. I mean, mm-hmm. who here has gone to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? Well, arms up. Uh, arms up, Together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have tasted the butterbeer of oh, Central Florida. Sweet. Nectar of the gods. I uh, yes, all three of us went on vacation along with Alex's uh, then fiance, girlfriend, fiance, fiance girlfriend. And, and now and now wife, and mother of my children. <laughs> so <laughs> we all went on a fun little vacation. Uh, how was when it? Was five that? years yeah, ago. Yeah, 2015, oh I believe. Wasn't it January 2015? Yeah. Wow. Fun fact: My contact pictures for you guys in my phone is from that trip. <laughs> so is mine. So is mine. Mine is Alex's like face right before we went into Ollivander's. He's going. Oh. I was super excited. And then I think y- the one of you I think is on the night bus or getting ready to get Ooh. on the night bus. You had bangs then. Totally different. I, d- I know it's so different. <laughs> so different. So we won't go to. We won't make this. I mean, if we were just going to talk about fun times at Harry Potter World, this would be a four-hour podcast. So we're going to try to keep it focused 
going to keep it together. Um, so as this is the third movie, where would you say this ranks of your all-time favorite Harry Potter movies, Harry Potter book? What would you say oh, this falls in? Maybe we should just stick to movies since this is a movie, all my movies podcast. Just at that. Probably wise. Anybody, Mary, what would you say this ranks for you? It's probably middle. I think my favorite yeah. ones are towards the end, like sure. six, seven, and seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I like it better than... Like, five, I just really don't like one of the characters, so I just rank it real <laughs> low. And then one and two were filmed, like, in a different style. Like, yeah, I'm really glad sure. we Chris had Columbus. this director change for yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. Alfonso mm-hmm. Cuaron, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's mid. I think it's my favorite one, I think. I think it's the most rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Like, Al- Alfonso yeah. does a great job of blending mm-hmm. in just some really good movie making. And he goes off script a little bit. And there mm-hmm. are some big plot holes, which we're probably going to get to, and things that if you're a, a lover of the books and you watch it back and you think, oh, man, blah, what were they thinking? Blah. But I think at the same time, I find myself, if we're just randomly – hanging out at home and you need to pick a Potter movie sometimes because sometimes you just need to pick a Potter movie. Mm-hmm. This is probably the one that my wife and I would, would gravitate toward the most. It's a, just a really good film. It holds up pretty well by itself. Yeah, I agree because I feel like like one, two is a little bit more kid even though like scary stuff happens. Right. But I do agree that three is the most rewatchable. <laughs> I mean, yes, there's a lot of heaviness with the black has murdered your family and bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, All those bit, yeah. reason they're dead and Lupin yeah. and werewolves. But I feel like, you know, there's really no Voldemort no. isn't in this one. And ah. I feel like it's, uh, yes, it's more of an artistic mm. movie. And then, like, once you get to four, four and five are just, like, real dark. And uh, yeah. so I, I, I don't know if it's my favorite. I did like six. I liked the six movie. And I did like seven part one when they're going through the countryside. I don't know. I like that one, too. <laughs> so I would probably say it's up there, either <clears throat> two or three, I would say. My main reason is that you you see so much of it, like, again. It kind of feels like I'm just rewatching the same thing again. <laughs> the the so, final quarter of the movie is something you've already seen. Anyway. The, yeah. the time travel yeah. part. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. That's maybe my main gripe with it. Of like why yeah. I wouldn't put it maybe, in the Maybe you're going to mention yeah. this. But this is the most critically acclaimed one. This, this is the one that most people, critics oh, and it? fans alike, sort of say is the best one of the eight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, as, we, as you just mentioned, I tend to agree with that. Right. And we could just jump down ahead. We're going to go to our Rotten Tomatoes scores. The critic score is 90%. That is sort of fresh. fresh. And then the audience score is 86%. Uh, so as we keep this train moving, our next what we like to talk about is how many degrees of separation can we get between the characters of this movie to our uh, gal Sandy, who we profiled in season one. Now, there's two. Mary, you found the first one. Yes, so the first one is a little deep dive with Maggie Smith, or Minerva McGonagall. She is in Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, which also stars Sandra Bullock, but neither of us have seen it. Alex, have you seen I this one? I have not seen uh, uh, either <laughs> okay. of those. no one has seen it. <laughs> and then our second one is the director, Alfonso Cuan. Gravity. Right? Gravity. He also directed Gravity. Gravity. Gravity, which he won an yeah. Academy Award. Strong. So, nice. Mm-hmm. So that's super fun. Um, so now that we've just been talking a little bit about Harry Potter number three, we're just going to play the trailer for you, and you guys can get in the mood of Prisoner of Azkaban. Here we go. Here's the trailer. Sirius Black has escaped from Azkaban prison. He's a murderer. 
the reason the porters are dead. And now he wants to finish what he started. I want you to swear to me you won't go looking for Black. Why would I go looking for someone who wants to kill me? Okay, great trailer. Oh, such a great trailer. Oh, one of my <laughs> favorites. Mary, do you want to sum this movie up for Twitter, please? Yes, I would love to. Werewolves and Dementors and Rats. Oh my! A prisoner escapes. <laughs> Harry and gang try to save the day and the hippogriff. Emma adds a colorful divination professor to the mix. <laughs> love it. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm in. I'm in on that description. Okay, so this movie came out quite a few years ago. This came out in 2004. So do you remember the first time you watched this movie and what you thought of when you watched it? Initial reaction. I think I'm going to reverse this question back to you, Erin, actually. <gasps> so you go first because I believe I watched it after <laughs> you did. <laughs> well, I'm going to say that, A, I don't remember. I never know the answer to this question oh, when no. I see these things. Never know. But I'm going to say that this came out in 2004. I'm going to say we were already deep in the Harry Potter, like already really liked it. I'm going to say that I probably saw this in Valentine. Heck yeah, you did because I was sitting right next to you. Heck yeah, you- I did. I'm guessing Alex is I have a very yeah I have a very strong remembrance of this because we were at the Jewel 2 theater you remember it and then I remember it later we were at the Jewel 2 theater in Valentine Nebraska and this was so we saw the first and the second one I remember the first one because that was in the summertime in Valentine 2 that was a big deal we went to it was that the one where yeah. our cousin's wedding yeah. and then we, we went the, to the we were, movie? Our, one of our cousins yeah. got married okay. and we sort of like not snuck yeah. out but you know left the reception Possibly a little bit early. Mm. We had cake. We were there. But I specifically remember leaving the 4-H building in Valentine, Nebraska, and being so excited to get to go see Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. I don't really remember seeing the Chamber of Secrets. I don't have a strong mental image of that. But I really Mm -hmm. do remember Mm. the third one and going to Prisoner of Azkaban. Carly, because, like, you know, even though I was... I mean, 2004, I mean, I was a freshman in college at this point, but I was like a little freaked out about like, I was thinking, gosh, how are they going to do the werewolf stuff? And how is this all going to look on screen? And am I going to be a little bit scared? Yeah. What's going to happen? And I remember watching and thinking like, oh man, this is just, this is really good. <laughs> but there was also, the funny thing is then after we saw the fourth one, also in Valentine, Goblet of Fire, I was like, I'm out. I don't mm-hmm. want to watch any more of these. They've lost me. They've just, I oh, just don't no. have any interest in, in seeing these. For, yeah, it wasn't very good anymore. But anyway, long story short, Aaron and I yeah. watched it together, and it, it was a really good movie experience. And then, Alex, you will probably also remember where we were watching this one, because uh, the, my first time watching it, I'm pretty sure, was in 2009. We were all at USF, uh, living there in this, like for the summer term, and we had Harry yeah, Potter we Week. Mm-hmm. And that was that was my summer of like deep diving back into Harry Potter because I'd read it, read it as a little girl or like sixth grade or whatever. And then kind of paused and then didn't get back into it until going to college and being surrounded by Heinerts <laughs> who just loved it and like playing yeah, parties we, around it. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'll week do this party. Parties. Or, or in some case, two week long parties. We had a Harry Potter fortnight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is pretty yes. great. Did three we watch on the side of the building? Or what, when did we watch? Which one? I thought we watched one out at the football field. Four was on the football yeah, field. That was after Quidditch. And the, and the audio wasn't working. And then we were that trying to. That was classic. That's what made four good that <laughs> night. I, I, fantastic. Yeah. Um, the funniest thing, that, by the way, we mentioned about how four and how I didn't like four when we watched it the first time. The yeah. fact that two of the most memorable 
Potter viewing experiences for me personally. Both were number four. Both at the USF football complex with no sound, where we just fake. We had the subtitles and goofy voices. And the other one, when we were at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, they were playing Goblet of Fire yeah. outside our hotel room at oh, the pool, yeah. and we watched it after being at Harry Potter World all day. Incredible. So. But that, that's yeah, Mary, you had it on the head. I think the the 2009 because we did three Harry Potter weeks during the summer at USF to coincide with the release of six, seven, and eight, and so mm-hmm. this probably would have been mm-hmm. six. So yeah, I think it probably was projected on the side yeah. of the building. I would guess because that's on the side of the Stewart Center because that's nice. what we did. So my initial reaction was probably like, I gotta get inside because it's cold now. But who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Very fun. So like we said, this movie came out on June fourth, two thousand and four. Uh, it was of course number one at the box Heck office. Yeah. There were no other new movies, no other new releases this week. Ooh, they didn't even try. They didn't even try. No there was no way, man. <laughs> Following that, in second place was Shrek Two. And then the day after tomorrow in Raising Helen, that was the top that week. Who wants to take a guess at the budget? How much did this movie cost? Okay, guesses, guesses. Uh, 35. No. Oh, I got to say, this is, this is $100 million. A little more than that. What? Put those two numbers together. Like that? $135? $130 million. Whoa. It's a lot of special effects. It's a huge cast. It's a very wow. famous cast. And it's a, it's a huge There's crew. There's so many transfigurations. <laughs> yeah. You think transfigurations yeah. are cheap? You think they're doing that on the cheap, Mare? <laughs> but do not worry about the cost because domestically it made $250 million and then worldwide $796 million. So a billion. It made a billion dollars made. at the box office. It made good, a billion dollars. Good much. ROI there guys uh so in the timeline um we just looked at emma for we usually do the career timeline mm-hmm. oh i remember oh i'm an i'm an all my movies mm-hmm. fan i remember all these all these beats oh. it's great <laughs> you're an avid listener thanks before this movie came out um she had done love actually that was one of the movies that she, this had okay. come before uh after this she did nanny mcphee stranger than fiction and order the phoenix there was she didn't have too many movies between this mm-hmm. one and her next harry potter film um because she's not in four mm-hmm. and then she's not in six and then she's just a little bit in eight yeah during the battle so this would probably be i guess five she's in five. i mean she's got the one scene where she gets kicked out but this is really mm-hmm. Emma's Harry Potter movie, right? Would you not say we we do meet some new characters in this one? I mean, we have a new Dumbledore, right? Right. Has Michael Gambon uh, has stepped a new in defense for defense against the dark arts. Remus Lupin is there, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Emma. Well, did we meet anybody else really in this? We meet the we meet the mm-hmm. location character of Hogsmeade, I suppose. We meet we meet Dementors. We get Sirius Black, Gary Oldman. I mean, yeah, some of those things. So here, here's one, here's one point I want to make because you're talking about this, and, yes. and I agree. I mean, Emma Thompson is one of the stars of this movie and steals every scene that she's in. And you, you, we, before rewatching this, yes. we were talking about this, like, oh yeah, that's her movie. How long do you mm-hmm. think Emma Thompson is on screen in this movie? I'm going to say less than 15 minutes. So less than 15. Oh, I was going to say like five minutes. She is on screen for a total of four minutes and 45 seconds. And, and, and that's not even her entire screen time. Because I went back and was just curious. That's the length of the scenes. That's the amount of time we spend in her divination classroom. 205 for the initial classroom bit and then 240 for when Hermione runs off and then Harry comes back in the prophecy. I I just you think she's in it so much more because she steals 
both obviously mm-hmm. she dominates mm-hmm. both of those scenes and really kind of steals the movie. Mm-hmm. She's in two scenes. That's it in a long movie. It's amazing. Yes, because I guess you know what you're saying, like because she is in it so little, but you don't realize yeah. that it's not she's not in it that much because mm-hmm. she's so good in the parts that she is in. Yes. So we are gonna, you know, try to focus on Emma, but if she's only in it for like three minutes, uh, but we're gonna highlight some of her best parts. Um, but we're gonna do a little bit of the plot of this movie. We're gonna break it down and get into where Harry is at in his journey uh, through to becoming a wizard. Um, so why don't we start with the beginning? One, I do not like this opening scene. <laughs> I don't like it. It's so sad and it makes me sad. Because yeah. Marge yells at him so much. But let's talk about oh, the right. opening scene. Mar- uh, Mary and, and I, Marge. by the way, were both making faces at Aaron like, you don't like it when Marge like becomes a giant balloon and floats out their drawing yeah, room. But the yelling part, the yelling Harry's part. Kids. Yes, I'm sorry. It took me a second. Right, right. <sighs> I was thinking, no, the first thing is when he's oh, like yeah. doing the Lumos. He's testing it out. I was like, oh. I was thrown off. No, but that yes, part's the first cool. actual scene. Yeah. By the way, what the heck is Vernon Dursley doing walking into someone's bedroom, turning the light on to see if the boy is awake <laughs> and then walking out? And then again, walking in. Who turns the light on to check and see if someone is sleeping? <laughs> He's not a He's good not parent. Good parents. I think that's pretty. That's obvious. always my first takeaway at the beginning. Like, what are you doing, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. If he was asleep, he's not going to be now because you just turned the light on in the bedroom. <laughs> but you're right, Mary. The opening scene where he's doing the Lumos and then it lights up and then it Lumos, goes out maximum. into the title card is pretty cool. Yes, pretty cool. So fun. But then we see that someone has come to visit the Dursleys, and it is Vernon's sister, Aunt Marge, and her Mm -hmm. bulldog, Ripper. Ah, Ripper! (laughs) And it sounds like she has more dogs at home. Oh, Colonel Fubster's taking care of them. Colonel Fubster's taking care of them. 12 dogs, Mary. It's just, it's nothing. All she has time for is a fry up with 12 dogs at home. For goodness sake. Uh, So, Mary, why don't you tell us about the deal that Harry is making with Uncle Vernon? About oh, yes. So in your third year at Hogwarts, if you have the correct form signed, you can go on visits to the town nearby, Hogsmeade, and it's got a joke shop. It's got um, a joke shop. <laughs> I don't know. Come like, on, Mary. It has places there. you can go to You've eat. Been to Hogsmeade. <laughs> no, the joke shop is the best part. Uh, oh, it has a candy shop. Never mind. The candy shop is all. It's like up right up there with the joke shop. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's like really excited. Like that would be awesome. And his friends are probably going to be there. Everybody's going hugs me. I just want to go. <laughs> so there's a deal. Like if Harry's really good with Aunt Marge, that Uncle Verna will sign the paper. But things go awry because Aunt Marge is not a very nice lady. And Harry's mm-hmm. temper just flies out. And he's breaking glasses and then blowing up Aunt Marge. Like she just certainly, like she's point wagging a finger at him. And then mm-hmm. it just starts like popping open. And then. A whole fat her. suit and like going out. Why? Why don't they close the door? I don't. Know. I just want to yell at Uncle Vernon. Like close the door. She just floats Again, out. He's not a good parent or a good brother. <laughs> not a good parent or a good brother because he lets go. He, he lets, lets go. go. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It it should be said in the film we have no idea what Harry wants Vernon to sign. School, something for school is really all Harry says. Yes, something for we school. We find oh, out yeah. later, of course, that mm-hmm. it's his Hogsmeade permission form. If you've read the books, you know exactly what he's going for. You but know. Vernon kind of just like, later, if you're good. And that's sort of all, <laughs> all you get. Mm-hmm. So in the moment, you're just, you yeah. have no idea. But you know yeah. that Harry was not good, of course, uh, according to Vernon's 
you know, yeah. No, so no. he blows up in that, and then immediately he decides that he's got to run away. Because he's had experiences mm-hmm. with this before. Last year, when Dobby snapped the pudding all over Mrs. Mason, you know, he got a formal letter saying that he would be expelled. Um, so yes. now he knows that things are not going to be good for him. So he packs his trunk, and he leaves. And, um, Alex, why don't you tell us what happens next? Well, so Harry's on the lamb. It's night. He's trying to figure out where he's going. He happens to, you know, see, see a, a dog, not a giant dog like in the books, but a dog that is growling at him from in the bushes. He happens to trip over his suitcase in the books, but in this he just kind of falls over and apparently raises his wand hand. He fell, what you fall over for? And boom, night bus, a violently purple triple-decker bus appears out of thin air mm-hmm. to collect him, the stranded witch or wizards, and take them to their desired destination. Q plot mm-hmm. in motion. So he decides that he's going to run away, but he needs to go to his vault. He needs to get money from Gringotts. He doesn't have anything. So um, he's, I don't know his plan. He's going to disappear into the wizarding world. Who knows? As, as a 13-year-old boy, I mean, he doesn't really have a too great of a plan. But he says to go to the Leaky Cauldron. That's in London. Can we talk about Stan Sean Pike in this scene? Yes. Because this this is just great. Yes, please, Alex. Why don't you do us a brief character we, profile We've on all Stan met Sean Stan. Pike. I mean, if you go to the Universal yeah. Studios theme park in Orlando and go to the Wizarding World and you stand outside and they've got the beautiful yes. triple-decker night bus, there is a real mm-hmm. Stan Sean Pike impersonator, because obviously it's not the real Stan Sean Pike because he's still an Azkaban, the bugger. <laughs> but he's an Azkaban. Uh, I'm sure he's been pardoned by now. It was like 20 years ago. But you can chat yeah. with him. You take a picture with him. We've all done it. He's a great bloke. He's true. You talk about Emma mm-hmm. Thompson stealing scenes. The gentleman that plays Stan, this is just, it's so good. Like his physical comedy when he goes to pick up poor Harry's suitcase and like almost falls over. <laughs> or when Harry's looking for the dog that scares him, who we later find out is Sirius Black. Mm-hmm. And Harry's looking and, and then Stan just kind of whoop, just peers around the bus. What's she looking at? I mean, he's fantastic. Uh, yeah, because he's because he's the one that's reading the paper that says that Sirius Black has escaped, and in the books that has been on the Muggle news. Harry has heard about mm-hmm. it, um, but so then he asks, you know, who Sirius Black yeah. is. Also, my my favorite my favorite stand though comedy scene is when he hands Harry his ticket and the little like little look as he slides it across. That's just fantastic. I love love every bit. Love it. So uh, Stan kind of gives him the brief kind of that Sirius is escaped from Azkaban. No one's ever done it before. Murderer. Killed 13 ducks. (laughs) But I mean people, see? (laughs) Star kid. At this point, Harry... (laughs) uh, Harry has no idea Sirius Black anything to do with him or any notion of who this person Mm is. So he gets dropped off at the Leaky Cauldron, and who is there to greet him but the Minister of Magic himself, Cornelius Fudge, bowler hat and all. And uh, and so Harry thinks he's maybe there to expel him. He's like, but why would the Minister of Magic come to deal with a case of underage wizardry? But Cornelius Fudge instead is like, oh, we're so glad you're safe. Oh, who blows up? You know, everyone blows up their hand every now and then or something like that. Like, just kind of waves it off. Gets Harry set up in a room at the Leaky Cauldron and basically says, like, just don't leave. Like, just stay around Hogsmeade during, or not Hogsmeade, just stay around Diagon Alley during the day. You know, um, don't go out into the muggle world. And so Harry's like, all right, whatever. 
Uh, but Cornelius Fudge is just trying to protect Harry because obviously everyone else knows that Sirius Black is out to get him, but not Harry. Not yet. And so how does Harry Potter finally figure out that Sirius is after him? Because who comes up later? So it's the next day. And this is a, a big discrepancy between the book. Because in the book, he's, he's got like two weeks where he's hanging out. He's eating ice cream at Florian Fortescue's. Yeah. He's having a good... It's yeah. the first time he's really been free. Yeah. Not in school. Yeah. In the wizarding world. And he has mm-hmm. a... He has a ball for those two weeks. In the movie, <laughs> it's like, you're going to Hogwarts yeah. tomorrow. And the Weasleys are coming. <laughs> Which, again, not a bad thing. I mean, who doesn't like to go to Hogwarts? But no. um, mm-hmm. but it's a much shorter mm-hmm. time period, yes. Yeah. So the next day, boom, Weasleys are yeah. there in the Leaky Cauldron. They're having, I don't know, mm-hmm. some sort of meal as there's a an Indian family behind them trying to get a snake to come out of a hat. And there's <laughs> cups are being poured with that. There's some really great background stuff yeah. going on there. But you're right. Harry mm-hmm. finds out courtesy of Mr. Weasley. Yep, Arthur Weasley, Weasley breaks it down yes. for him and says, well, against mm-hmm. Molly's will, by the way, in the books. We don't know that in the movies. Yeah. But basically says, yeah. hey, don't Molly. go looking for Sirius Black because... Mm-hmm. When Black lost everything, it was because you know who. And he proceeds to do the whole thing or whatever and, and lays it out yeah, there, yeah. but not the whole truth, which is a common theme mm-hmm. in this series. Right. You don't get the whole truth. Does anyone really know? I guess. <laughs> Does you think Arthur knows? I think he the knows whole the whole truth? truth. I think Arthur's in. He was he was in the order. I think he knew the whole thing about the Secret Keeper, oh. which we'll get to eventually. So I think he knows, but I think he also knows that if Harry knew. Knowing what he knows mm-hmm. about Harry, if Harry knew what he thinks he knows, right. then it would, you know, T and Ron would go get in trouble and they'd go, ah, yeah, it wouldn't be good. So yes. wisely doesn't tell him the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it stands, he doesn't get the whole truth. He doesn't know. He's like, why on earth would I even do that? That seems silly. Mm-hmm. So That's exactly. school starts as normal. Exactly. So they get on the train off to uh, Hogwarts on the express, which again, we've all Heck been yeah. on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how. And how. <laughs> Uh, but this is uh, one of the more exciting train rides because what happens on the train? We see our first glimpse of what? Professor Lupin. Also, Dementors. They're coming. So, like, you just get this, like, eerie sense. Like, I think Ron has his hand on the window pane and then it, like, mm-hmm. freezes over and everything becomes cold and, like, mm-hmm. your breath, you can see it in the air now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Dementors just suck the life out. Suck all the happiness. Now, what are yeah. your guys' impression of the Dementors? Do you feel like that matched up to what you were thinking when you read the books? Oh. Do you feel like that's a pretty accurate? Or do you think, like, those are just ring rates? <laughs> well, I think we know what Aaron thinks. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little ring wraithy. I mean, it's the, it's a similar look. Yeah. They're described yeah. that way a little bit by JK mm-hmm. in the books as well. That these are these are tall, cloaked figures, ethereal, floating rotting hands mm-hmm. etc mouth yes. that you can't see Just, yeah I, so i mean that's kind of what they mm-hmm. are and it, i think mm-hmm. they did a great job of depicting yeah. them like that one cool thing they initially tried to shoot underwater to give the effect of the dementors cloaks just oh. like swirling and moving mm-hmm. kind of in slow motion they put oh. cloaks underwater mm-hmm with the rigging and tried to make it work, but it just didn't mm-hmm. quite give them the effect they were looking for. So they just CGI'd the whole thing. There's another million to the CGI crew to make that happen. <laughs> but the, the effect is really good. I think they do a nice job. And these, by the way, these Dementors yeah. are coated and cloaked, unlike the Dementors that we see in Order of the Phoenix, where Dudley and Harry get yeah. demented. Dudley gets demented, and there's no mm-hmm. cloak there. Cloaks off, man. Dementors kiss on fully. 
little different, little different interpretation of the mentors in five and in eight yes. versus what we see in number three. Different directors. Exactly. But who is there to save the day but our professor, Remus Lupin, our new Defense Against the Dark Arts professor. Um, Alex, do you want to give us a little profile on Remus Lupin? And, uh, you know... You know, what we all know about Remus Lupin, not just at this point in time, because we've already been talking for a very long time. <laughs> so I don't know if we can do the whole plot, but... So let's just hit on... Uh, tell us about, about, about well, the Lupin. super the super Cliff Notes version is is that Remus, again, at the time that we meet him, we don't know any of the backstory, but we find yes. out that he no. was best friends with Harry's dad, James, good friends with Harry's mom, Lily, also very tight with Sirius Black, which we get to find out a little bit later, as well as this other guy named Peter Pettigrew that we know nothing about right now, but will become a very important mm -hmm. character in this story and in this <laughs> film. He's a bit shabby. We learn later that maybe he's got mm -hmm. a bit of a condition that we'll discuss, but he <laughs> He's, uh, he's bright. He's maybe down on his luck. Um, but it's a great introduction. David Thewlis just knocks this out of the yeah. park. One thing I will say about, there are two things about this scene. Mm -hmm. And not to nitpick. Again, this is my favorite movie. I've already said yes. it's my favorite one. Mary mentioned it when the Dementors have stopped the train and Ron puts his hand on the window to sort of look out. Ron's hand is on that window for like, what, two straight minutes? <laughs> <laughs> frozen and you get the <laughs> chill effect of like the mist on the window freezes yeah. but it's like mm -hmm. no normal human puts their hand on the window and then keeps it in that exact same spot for several <laughs> scenes continuously and then the second one is when Ramus mm -hmm. jumps up because again he Remus has been sleeping RJ Lupin is sleeping yeah. here the Dementor's in he's sucking out Harry's soul and we just see the tips we see Remus's eyes suddenly spark yeah. to life and he jumps up to cast Expecto Patronum to ward the Dementor off. Right. And he's mm -hmm. just, he's so impassive. His face is so like, oh, mm, yeah. Mm, mm, go away, Dementor. This happens. This, this every happens to day. me all the time. <laughs> and it's just, to me, it's just such a funny reaction. And I think his, his, yeah characterization of Lupin is perfect in this movie and I love everything that he does. Yeah. But the introduction to him of like, oh, mm, boo, go away. I just, which, I just don't know if that would be the way that maybe you would, if you woke up from a nap and there's a right. Dementor all of a sudden hovering <laughs> over you and it's it's attacking, attacking someone that you're going to be teaching who may is just, he might be your best mm -hmm. friend's son. He looks a lot like him. I don't know. Right. I think you'd have a little more fire coming out <laughs> than just like the, oh, oh hmm, hmm. but anyway, that's mm -hmm. all I'm going to say wrong. That's all the only thing I'm going to say bad about David Thewlis and this performance. Continue. Okay. Um, Lupin tells Harry to eat some chocolate, gives everyone some chocolate, makes them feel a lot better. Um, chocolate helps heal the Dementor's soul-sucking yeah. Never wounds. fully explained in the movies, by the way. That's another one where it's just like, in the books you get this full, like, oh, this is what... In the movies we get, like, Hermione saying, oh, he's yeah. the defense yeah. against the dark arts teacher. That's why he gave you the chocolate. Yeah. And I think if you just had never read they... the books, you're just like... Wait, what? I think, like, they say the word, like, eat the chocolate. It helps. It, helps. it really like, helps. So much throughout yeah. this movie. Because, like, later when they're oh, training, yeah. like, eat he it. He says it, it like, really twice. Helps. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> okay, all right, we got it. But I thought that maybe they were trying to sell, like, Dementor special chocolate. <laughs> where, you know what I mean? I, I would buy some. Chocolate frogs. They probably have that at, honey at the Honeydukes mm -hmm. down in Florida. Man, delicious. Such mm -hmm. sweets. Mm -hmm. Cauldron cakes. Cauldron cakes, good. anybody? Yeah. Rock mm -hmm. cakes. Pumpkin juice don't is get disgusting. The pumpkin juice. Don't do the pumpkin don't juice. Don't do it. Get everything else, though. Why bother? Get the, get the ice cream. Get everything Get the butterbeers. Peppermint get, imps. Get all of it. Get the, yeah, butterbeers. Yeah. Frozen, hot, and normal. Regular. I don't know what yeah. else to describe it. Yeah. Delicious. Cool. All cool. Chilled. Cold. Very cold. Hot. <laughs> yes. 
So back on track. All right, back on track. We get we get off the train. It's another year at Hogwarts. We have some new mm-hmm. classes this year. And new one classes. Of new, new classes. One of our new classes is divination, which is up yes. at the tallest tr- tower in the trap door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. It's not in the movie, but like does Sir Cadogan takes them in the book he, he they get oh, lost yes. and then sir Cadogan guides them up to where the uh tower is that's where we meet the divination professor sybil trelawney which is uh who emma thompson plays anybody want us to give us a little profile mary about trelawney yes she is um potentially a seer like yes. someone who can prophesy um and as Aaron uh, kind of mentioned before, like she kind of kicks off the whole series with her her early prophecy about Voldemort and um, a boy, I guess, or a baby. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she has been at Hogwarts uh, ever since then because Albus Dumbledore has kind of like protected her because he know I think he's the only one who knows who gave the prophecy. Um, so she's been there. She's been teaching. Um she kind of seems like a hack, though. <laughs> like, just making things up. Everything is the worst. Everything's, everyone's going to die. Everyone has, like, and she really, I, I think one thing that, like, would have added, like, if this was a series, it'd be funny. Because I remember one time Harry and Ron are, like, doing their divination homework. And they're like, oh, yeah, on Thursday, I'm going to get stabbed. <laughs> then Friday, I'm going to get there's some other way I'm going to die. And it's just like, oh. just coming up with different ways to die, to do there. The old divination so. standby. Mm-hmm. Make it, it up. sounds like she just yeah. eats it up. Make it up. Mm-hmm. Mary, describe mm-hmm. her look. Yeah. How would you describe Sybil yeah. Trelawney's oh, look? yes. Are we doing fashion moment yeah, early here? Yeah, let's do the fashion moment right now. Okay. So I have it, where did I put it? She is dressed kind of like a hippie <laughs> <laughs> in muted colors. It's very like drapey, flowy, mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's probably a, like a take on a wizard gown, but hers look kind of shabby and old. She has like the long headband. She has my quarantine mm. hair, I realized. <laughs> Just like really big and poofy. Like maybe like a perm, but like really teased out. Mm-hmm. Really um, humid up there. Lots really of humid in the divination tower, apparently. Humid. Oh, yeah. that's a good, yeah. Well, it's all the mm. smells, the candles. Mm. and Right, and the tea mm. going. The tea. Mm-hmm. And she has, like, long necklaces and the glasses. This is what makes it. It's like those, so, like, like Harry Potter, like the big round, but probably larger lenses round and just Coke bottle. <laughs> like, I don't, mm-hmm. I want to know if Emma Thompson can see when we she is see. wearing <laughs> that prop. Like, can she see through these things? Because her eyes are just so buggy. Mm-hmm. It's great. So the seer, yeah. who's probably blind, but, <laughs> like, her eyes are just, like, the biggest feature on her face. Mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite, like, screenshot when she tells Harry that he has the grim and she just is, like, yeah. looking up at him. <laughs> her eyes are just huge. You have the grim. <laughs> and that's really good that's good filmmaking right there like Quaron has her come right yeah. into the lens mm-hmm. and it's almost like it's a fishbowl mm-hmm. where it's like part of it is because her eye yeah, or yeah, glasses yeah. are like that anyway but she's so close and mm-hmm. in that moment and in the moment where she does the prophecy later in the movie and then she sort of backs up and things kind of mm-hmm. become normal but man she is too close and it's just brilliant. I love how Mary mm-hmm. mentioned that it's like she's blind because you see right at the beginning, mm-hmm. this is a person that is supposed yeah. to be a seer and she literally cannot see. She she has no vision whatsoever. <laughs> she bumps into the table. The, who has the sight? And she bumps into the table and everybody kind of sniggers. <laughs> and then a little bit later, like she, well, this is even in, in um, Order of the Phoenix or when she's getting sacked and mm-hmm. she d- kind of fumbles over the suitcase and yeah. she can't see the suitcase in mm-hmm. front of her like 
it just it just keeps coming mm-hmm. back to the fact that there's just great work there that this is someone who's supposed to be able to predict mm-hmm. and see and she literally cannot see it's just great mm-hmm. yeah she's so great in this mm-hmm. just as like funny but also you know when she um tells hermione how like she's not cut out and she's like oh your soul is as shriveled as the books which twist you so desperately cling <laughs> and just the way she like folds her mind like holds on to hermione's hand yes. and pats it and uh and then when hermione storms off because she leaves the class you know it's like oh have, it I, have I, I said something you know yeah. what i mean just, <laughs> her delivery is just great so i Love jotted it. down yes. a couple lines that i really enjoyed from this initial two minute yes. five second scene <laughs> scene one of two that emma Thompson. <laughs> is in in this film when she sees that ron's aura is pulsing so she's going she's in she's told the kids to look into the tea leaves they've they've drank the tea they've swirled the dregs etc they've given their teacup to their partner which is all book stuff you don't understand what they're doing in the movie but she's walking mm-hmm. around and you can sort of hear her say Ooh! and she gets so it's like there's this instant excitement that I believe your aura is pulsing and she's so excited and she gets up close and she has Ron read whatever is going on in his mm-hmm. cup and Ron of course is like I don't know it's like a wonky cross sort of that whatever and the yeah <laughs> you're gonna be happy about it and the retort that she gives she's not even looking at Ron and she yeah. goes give me the cup and it's just, <laughs> she's, and she, you know, is just like look at like as if she's so like, I you just mm-hmm. you don't even have any idea what you're doing. I am offended that you have no idea. And then she takes it and she sees the grim and she, oh, oh, and yeah. she just loses it and sets it back down, and mm-hmm. yeah. clutches her pearls and backs away. But it's yeah. just so great. Mm-hmm. Um, not not it's to great. go. Yeah. What else? She says something about like she's. Like, are you in? I think you are. Your is pulsing. I think you are. So this is this is another big plot point here because you introduce the Grim. Yeah. This is what this is what mm-hmm. Harry sees at the beginning of mm-hmm. the film before the night bus gets him. Yes. He later sees the Grim in the clouds, which is in the books he actually sees Sirius Black in the stands. So it's a legitimate thing. It's the dog. Here it's like he just sees in parentheses the Grim in the clouds. But whatever. So the. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, the Grim. It's, you know, a, the giant spectral dog that haunts the, you know, the tombstones and the graveyards yeah. that is an omen of death. An omen of death. Uh, so we've gone to divination class. We know what the Grim is. <laughs> we've met the mentors. I think there's one more new person we need to meet in the fall, oh. though. Yes. Who would you like to meet, Mary? Uh, we need to meet Buckbeak. Heck yeah, we do. Yes. That's one of our new classes is Care of Magical yes. Creatures, who is with our new uh, freshman professor, Rubius Hagrid, has joined the teaching staff, upgraded from uh, yeah. Keeper of Keys and Grounds at Hogwarts. He's very, very nervous, but he's got something <laughs> special for the third year's first lesson. Uh, and the Gryffindors are going to class with the Slytherins. Always a great combo. Always a good idea. Like, who's ever making the class yep. schedule? Maybe they should just separate those two groups <laughs> at all costs. But, so we go, and Hagrid has Buckbeak, which is a, who is a hippogriff. Mary, do you want to tell us a little bit about hippogriffs? Yes, they have the kind of legs and body of a horse, and then, like, head and wings of an eagle, so that mm-hmm. they can fly. Yes. And they're very proud uh, yes. creatures. You must bow for, uh, before them mm-hmm. and then if uh, you know and if he doesn't bow back so then choose. Yeah. if they so choose they'll bow and then you can go up and pet them and if they don't uh, we'll get to that later <laughs> <laughs> nice teaching Hagrid good teaching moment 
Um, so that's our, our, our guy, uh, Buckbeak, who, of course, Malfoy does a stupid thing and insults Buckbeak, and Buckbeak scratches him. Scratches him, but of course yes. Malfoy makes a big deal of it, and that sets mm. uh, Buckbeak on a whole path of <laughs> he has to go in front of a trial in front of the Ministry of Magic to see if he needs can can needs to live or <laughs> has to get executed. Yeah. Ooh. So that's kind of like a, a C plot where the the Harry and Ron and Hermione are trying to help Hagrid come up with a defense. To save poor Although Buckbeak. it does become an A side. A lot in the books, not yeah. so much in the movie. It, it, not so much in the movie, but that becomes a big part of yes, the movie. Yes, it does contribute yeah, sure. later. This, by the way, can I say, mm-hmm. this scene, this this run of scenes yeah. is incredible. This is one of the reasons why I love this movie so much. Like, it's some of the best, like, classroom scenes that you get in the entire film series because we, we mm-hmm. go from. When he gets to Hogwarts, you get the Toad Choir and you get the initial address. We get to see, we get to see Michael Gambon sort of do his Dumbledore thing for the first time. Then we go into this really fun dormitory yeah. scene with the third year boys mm-hmm. pretending to be animals with the candy. Like, yes. and that's just we don't see yeah. a lot of that in the first two films of just like, hey, this is we're just hanging out with the guys at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Then we're we go friends. to Trelawney, which is yeah. fantastic. Then we go to this great mm-hmm. scene with Hagrid, and we get some. Just beautiful shots of Buckbeak flying over the Hogwarts grounds and mm-hmm. skimming the water with Harry on his back and all that stuff. And that's that's a really fun scene. Poor Neville getting eaten alive by the monster book of monsters. <laughs> You're supposed to stroke monsters. it. I mean, just all that stuff is great. <laughs> just boom, boom, boom. And then yeah. we go right into Lupin in the first Defense Against the Dark Arts class mm-hmm. with the bogger. It's just, yeah. that's to me. Which is a great It's a great scene. A great, we just, yeah. one after the next, after mm-hmm. the next, where it's just so much fun to just be getting introduced, mm-hmm. like Mary said, to these different characters and characters that you instantly like yeah. and care about. But you're also getting this great picture of what it's like just to be a student going from class to class and hanging mm-hmm. out with your friends. And that's what's so much fun about these movies when they kind of put you into that world. And so, and Harry's also doing Quidditch. And uh, at one of the Quidditch meets, the Dementors have been, um, uh, are there patrolling. Everyone's looking for Sirius Black. We are on a high mm-hmm. alert for Sirius Black. So the Dementors are out there. Um, and just so during a Quidditch game, match they all come out onto the field harry has a very strong reaction to the dementors that none of the other students have everyone else yeah. gets cold and feels really sad and upset but harry passes out that's usually what happens to harry mm-hmm. and he hears a screaming in his head that we later find out is his mother like his last moments of his family yeah. before they die so it's really awful so he passes Whilst out Whilst on a broomstick roughly 500 feet in the air <laughs> not good Yes, bad, bad. Uh, but Dumbledore mm-hmm. arresto momentum and saves Harry. Um, but his broom, oh, his poor Nimbus gets flown it fell right into, into the, the Whomping Willow. Into the Whomping Willow, which is another. Well, I guess we, we met, we, we we met, met Whomping Willow yep. last year. Yes. Uh, and so, so that gets crushed to splinters. They lose mm-hmm. the Quidditch game. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is that the first game he loses? That's the first game that he loses that he plays in it. I believe it's the first time that he's not gotten the snitch in yeah. a game that he's played in. Harry now is like, this cannot happen to any me anymore. So he goes to Lupin. He was like, you made the Dementor on the train get away, go away. You have to help me. So Lupin agrees after Christmas to give him like Dementor lessons, basically. And so they proceed to learn the Expecto Patronum charm. Which is a huge charm throughout this whole I just like I love J.K. Rowling. I love just how she ties all of these things together. Um so, so we start learning about the Expecto Patronum charm, which creates, um, I don't know, how Alex, how would you describe the Expecto Patronum so charm? So the Latin Expecto Patronum means, literally, I expect a protector. I need a protector. And so mm. 
when you say that incantation and you think, combine it with the happiest memory or the happiest thoughts you have, it literally produces out of your wands something that protects you. It's a silvery wisp that becomes corporeal in the form when you get good enough to make it into something that protects mm -hmm. you. And for Harry, it becomes mm -hmm. a stag. For other people, it's an otter or a, you know, a deer or a whatever. Now, who, who here has taken the Pottermore Expecto Patronus quiz? To find out their true Patronus, Mary. I probably have, but I don't remember. <laughs> oh, Alex, Alex, what I think is it's your a fox. Charm? I think Patronus. I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure it's an F O X fox, not an F A W K E S mm -hmm. fox, like a phoenix. Just, just to make sure we're clear on that. <laughs> just a fox. Right. To very, um, yes. I took it with some friends at work, and my one friend was a unicorn, Oof. and so like her Patronus is like galloping, and there's like this beautiful, like uh, glittery trail behind it. My other friend was like this big, beautiful, like I think she was a swan, and so she's like flying through the air, mm -hmm. and then I took mine. I was a hedgehog, <laughs> and I was like, my little guy goes, was like. He just, like, kind of potters <laughs> around. It's like, what the heck, man? Tough break. Jamir, you got to go back on and figure it out. I'll, I'll figure it out. By the way, Patronus, Patronus is later in the series used to convey messages and important messages between yeah. Order of the Phoenix members, mm -hmm. a Dumbledore invention. So, And also yes. kind mm -hmm. of important in movie seven where we get a little sort of yeah. got a Gryffindor action thanks to Snape's Patronus. But again, yeah. spoiler Snape. alert, things that happen not in this movie. I know, not just like that little, like, we'll talk about it here and then it'll pay off big later. Yeah. It's great. So Harry uh, is learning the Patronus uh, charm. Mm. Uh, he's getting pretty good at it, but it takes a lot of effort from him. Eating a him. lot of chocolate. Um, <laughs> he needs a lot One of One thing I thought of tonight when I was watching the second half of the movie just before this, uh, I was like reminded like, oh, it's like in Hook. You have to think of a little happy thought. <laughs> and yep. then you can you fly think of a happy thought with the pixie fly. dust. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> I like how you chose Hook and not Peter Pan, by the way. <laughs> like that, that's the point of reference. I'm a big Hook fan. Dust. Big Hook fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So since at the beginning of the movie, Harry blows up his aunt so he does not get his Hogsmeade permission form signed. No. So that means he can't go. But does Harry listen to the rules? No. No. Of he has an invisibility not. cloak. He does not have an invisibility listen. cloak. And now, thanks to Fred and George Weasley, the resident mm -hmm. mischief makers, he also has the Marauder's Map. Another great addition, a great yes. magical It's like something. another character. Kinda. It's like another character yeah. introduction in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. Alex, you want to tell us a little bit about the Marauders? Well, now? in the movie at this time, all we know from Fred and George is that it's something that they nicked from Filch's office first year. <laughs> and in uh, <laughs> basically, this is a map that tells you everything about the grounds at Hogwarts. It shows every person that's on the grounds what they're doing where they are every minute of every day you can see all the secret passageways that go in and out of the castle you see every every secret essentially about the grounds of hogwarts is there on this map when you say i'm solemnly swear i'm up to no good and then of course you have to wipe it by touching the map with your wand and saying mischief managed or else anybody could read it so mm -hmm. essentially this is a guide and a tool for harry to get off campus get to hogsmeade have some Illegal fun with his friends. Get a, steal someone's lollipop. <laughs> Poor Neville. Yeah. Poor Neville, man. Tough movie for Neville again. Mm. Mm -hmm. So he does. So Harry escapes to Hogsmeade. We're going to do a little bit of fast forwarding here just because, you know, tick, tick, tick. But uh, <laughs> he overhears in 
at Madame Rose Martha's and the Three Broomsticks. Yes. The truth about Sirius Black is that Sirius Black was his uh, father's best man and that he's Harry's godfather and that somewhere along the way something turned Sirius Black to the dark side uh, and that Wait, uh, Sirius... this is a Star Wars movie? It's Star Wars now. <laughs> okay. It's crass. It's, it's mixed. <laughs> Uh, turned to the dark side, and uh, and that he was fighting with Voldemort the whole time. That he turned the Potters in. He's the mm-hmm. reason they're dead. So now Harry is very upset, and when he sees Sirius, he's gonna kill him. Yeah. So now he wants yeah, to go now, after him. Now, now that he's figured out all. Can, the I, truth. can I say by the mm-hmm. way, isn't Madame Rosemarita in this scene yes. basically every like store owner in America currently right now? Where she's super <laughs> mad yes. at Brett Fudge. So this is, again, the yeah. Minister of Magic, Cornelius Fudge, is going into her shop. And as he's getting out to go in, she's waving a hammer at him saying, business would be a lot better if you didn't have Dementors all over. <laughs> Isn't that just everybody right now? Things would be a lot better if we weren't in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Rosemarita, channeling America mm-hmm. and Britain and every place mm-hmm. else right now. And everywhere, yeah. I did do a little deep dive into, uh, well, I just Googled Godfathers. And they're, it's like very much based like in the church. Like it's something to do with baptism. Like you have a sponsor or godparent mm-hmm. to kind of guide you along and like teach you the faith if like if your parents die or they're not doing it. So I was just interesting that like J.K. Rowling kept that bit of like the faith like she keeps christmas and she keeps throw out. i mean in deathly hallows we don't see it in the movies but mm-hmm. in the books on the tombstone of james and lily we have bible verses on there and bible there's quotes. so there's mm-hmm. a oh. there's a lot of things that she's talked about yeah. that how religion does play a role faith does play a role in this even though it's not like hmm. out there all the time a direct allegory. there's there's a yeah, lot of underlying right, right. themes of you know Honest, of, of Christianity yeah. in this and of faith and of, of believing in God. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Little little things like that. So yeah, little little tidbits. Mm-hmm. James and Lily, mm-hmm. you know, Clink. they're, uh, yeah. I don't know, Protestant. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> or yeah. Catholic. Or, I mean, that's, or Catholic. Yeah. Like Catholics yeah. do it too. Or yeah. Church of England, probably. Ah, <laughs> uh, Anglican, yes. Anglican. Uh, okay, so we have the Marauder's Map now, which comes into a very uh, important place because Harry sees something on there that he knows to be wrong. He sees the name of Peter Pettigrew, which what he learned in the pub uh, was one of James and Lily's friend who stood up to Sirius and who Sirius killed. But now he sees him here on the map alive. So that sets off warning signs for him. And, oh, never mind. (laughs) Okay. Scabbers went missing at some point before this. That's all yeah. I, I just wrote down. Scabbers missing. Scabbers there was a is missing. And then the Ron and Hermione fight. This, the, that's the one thing about hard going through this plot is because everything is so interweaved. Yeah. Like, because you have Crookshanks who chases Scabbers and Ron thinks he's dead. And so he's mean to Hermione for, I don't know, all the movie, but all the books. When they've he's been, like, mean. kind of, like, shipping them, like, for a lot yeah. of the scenes. It's kind of yeah. <laughs> There's a few little moments of, like, Ron and Hermione-ness. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Hermione says, should we get closer to the Shrieking Jack? And Ron's like, wait. And then Hermione has to like fill it in to the Shrieking Jack. <laughs> oh, man. Through a matter of circumstances, Harry loses the map. He uh, Lupin takes it from him to save it from Snape. Yes. Uh, so now Lupin has the map, which is uh, important. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we kind of get into the last, what'd you say, like 45 minutes of the movie is when we start time traveling. <laughs> yes. But before we get to that, though, we have the second Emma Thompson scene. 
we have the great Sybil oh, yes. Trelawney okay. scene, which uh. I think we should talk about briefly because this is the yes, all the movies for Emma Thompson. Crystal yes. ball gazing with Sybil. <laughs> now, this yes. in the books is like the final. They have their final exam mm-hmm. with Sybil oh, yeah. up in mm-hmm. the tower. Mm-hmm. So you go in one at a time and you do your crystal ball gazing. In this particular scene, they've chosen just to make it like an everyday classroom. Like, ah, oh, we're just having a class with the crystal ball. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And this is where the scene that Aaron talked about where Hermione <laughs> says that she sees the Grimm and, and Sybil just gives her that, yeah. that classic speech about how you... Yeah. You did not possess the proper spirits for the noble art of divination. But um, mm-hmm. it, this is where we get the prophecy. The crystal ball rolls out of the room. Harry comes back. Mm-hmm. Boom. Sybil, oh, it returns tonight. They change the prophecy quite a bit from the yeah. movie to the it's book. Different. Or in the reverse, sorry. Oh. The, book, the book is mm-hmm. obviously, it's a longer prophecy. There's a little more going on yeah. there. So I get why they shortened it. But I'm just going to read you. The, here's the prophecy. He will return tonight. Tonight, he who betrayed his friends, whose heart rots with murder, shall break free. Innocent blood shall be spilt, and servant and master will be reunited once more. She's like coughing up. It's pretty much what she does at the end. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say something? And she has no recollection. That's the one thing that's great. When she makes these prophecies, she does not remember. She does not remember that she made like the great one at the Hogshead Inn to Dumbledore all those years ago. She like kind of comes out of this trance, and Harry's like, uh, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. What's up? What? One thing I wanted to bring up, and I know we've gone way too long already. One thing, though. So innocent okay. blood shall be spilt is what Sybil yeah. says right there. Now, yeah. what innocent blood? I know that she's sort of referencing Buckbeak, I think, is sort of what they're going for here. Buckbeak. But the thing is, as we're going to yeah. find out, Buckbeak doesn't actually die. There is no innocent blood here. I don't – what is she talking about? We'll see, though, hmm. because her prophecy is about Pettigrew coming back, right? And so right, does her prophecy not – contain the time traveling aspect of it see i, I feel know. like though but it, the, 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 here's the thing every bit of that is true because you know servant and master reunited once more time travel or not mm-hmm. that works out mm-hmm. yeah the innocent happens. blood shall be spilt the only thing i can think of okay and this is not in the movies but is in the books the only th- innocent blood that gets spilt while servant and master are being reunited is Bertha Jorkins in Albania. That's the only innocent oh. blood that I can see that's, that ends up getting spilled. Yeah. Obviously, we have other people mm. that are killed. We'll find that out later. There's lots of death. There yeah. are lots of innocent lives that are lost over the course of mm-hmm. this. But in this, yeah. paci- we're talking specific yeah. here. Nobody dies on the there. night, right? I mean, the only thing that, that's killed yeah. really in the end is, is the pumpkin that McNair hacks because he's so mad. <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing that gets. Because everybody basically. Everything's good. Everybody's good. Sirius lives. Pettigrew lives. Mm-hmm. Snape obviously gets knocked out this in the books. This is a far stretch. Ron's leg gets kind of ripped up. There's some blood. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty good. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. That's a good, that's a technicality. <laughs> it, that's right. That is good. That is good. I like, okay, we'll mm-hmm. see. Okay, it's clear. Okay. But I, your answer is much more deep and profound <laughs> and like follows the course of We're these gonna... books. Mine's like, Ron has a bloody leg. <laughs> <laughs> it was he to say, like, oh, no, they're going to have to chop it yeah. or whatever he says. <laughs> no, it's gone. According to uh, Madame Pumphrey, another minute or two, I would have uh, lost my leg. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought that was interesting that they went through, you know, went through, decided yeah. to change it, but also sort of like didn't quite mm-hmm. – 
do it right, I guess, question mark. But anyway, yeah. I digress. Mm-hmm. It's all good. So, yes, so then the last little bit of this movie is takes time travel. We go to these new locations. We have this all these dementors, and it all mm-hmm. kicks off with the uh, Buckbeak's execution. Buckbeak has been found guilty, and so Dumbledore mm-hmm. and um, the uh, Minister of Magic himself and Executioner McNair, right? Is that right? Yep. You got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All are, are there going down to Hagrid's hut to... Um, to, to kill Buckbeak. And so Herod, Harry and Hermione and Ron decide that they're going to sneak down against Hagrid's wishes. He's like, oh, I don't want you seeing this. But he they go to be with him before it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're not even supposed to be out of the school at night. <laughs> Breaking so many rules. So, mu- so much disregard for the rules. Mm-hmm. But they go, and that's when Hagrid reunites them with Scabbers. He sees, oh, I found them. Gives them back to Ron. Uh, and then the minister's coming down. So they got to go. So they got to leave. Um, and I don't know how to say this succinctly. Well, it's very know. difficult. You're... <laughs> Maybe we can just talk about what your what your favorite parts were during this, instead of going down. That's beat probably by a beat, good way but... to go about it. Mm. What, during this, during this, there's you know what what would you say is your streaking shack? There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. We get to go there. I'm a big and fan of uh, secret passageways. Oh. So yeah. like my favorite babysitters club mm-hmm. book was like the ghost at Don's house where they find a secret passage. So mm-hmm. uh, through there's like a button you can poke on the whomping willow we find and then there's yeah. a passageway and it leads you to the shrieking shack which is like the most haunted house in England according to Mm-hmm. Which weekly? I don't know. Wikipedia? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't love. I didn't love because I think in the in the um, book, Crookshanks pushes the button. He knows how to get in there. Yeah, yeah. And in the movie, they like ride the Whomping Willow, and right. Hermione and Hermione... somehow picks Harry yeah. up, and she's so strong into yeah. the opening. It's a little, uh, you know, just again. Yeah, to go after Ron, mm-hmm. who serious as a dog has drug into the tree. Right. So, um, not so sure about that one, but, um, I think my whole, my, I, I love time travel, uh, Doctor Who, love it, all that good mm-hmm. stuff, I love it. Um, my favorite part is, uh, when they come out of the Whomping Willow the first time, so we found Pettigrew has been scabbers the whole time, which is super creepy to think about. Yeah. Um, um, Snape has come and charged in. They've knocked him unconscious. They, you attacked a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lupin is there. He followed the map. Sirius has been revealed that it really wasn't him. So just like you just had revelation after re- revelation. Yeah. And this is my favorite chapter and in like, the book. Cat and lots of dog. hidden bluffs, too, because in the moment you think, yeah. wait a minute, Lupin is with Serious, like he's been helping Sirius the whole time, yeah. and you still think that yeah. Sirius is yeah. a bad guy, and then you think Lupin's on his side, and then you find out Lupin's a mm-hmm. werewolf. And Hermione, and the whole thing, him. and it's yeah. just like all of these, like boom, boom, boom. Oh my yeah. gosh, mm-hmm. total mind melt. It just, and then mm-hmm. when they come out of the tree, and then like Sirius asks Harry to yeah. live with him, and you just have like this yeah. wonderful moment of like Harry can leave the turn and he's got someone who's can care a for him. A happy ending, yeah. It's going to be awesome. And then, like, the moon comes out and just, like, all this stuff happens so, so quickly. Mm-hmm. Of, of Lupin turns into a werewolf. Sirius turns back into a dog to protect everybody. Snape wakes up to, like, protect the children. Like, it's just, like, this whole series of events is just incredible. I don't know. Just the way they shot it and it's that's my favorite part of the whole or one of my favorite parts of the sequence. That's pretty good. 
Any thoughts? Alex, what do you like in this? Well, first of all, we've admitted the fact that Hermione absolutely punches Malfoy square in the face. That kind of starts off this whole sequence, <laughs> which is just great. I mean, just absolutely. I think in the, in the book, she slaps him, and in the movie, she just Mm-hmm. rears back and just punches him and that's just great because <laughs> Malfoy has it coming everybody should just punch Malfoy at oh, least once or twice worst, every yeah. time but um mm-hmm. you know I think that if you were going to pick a favorite part I mean the whole thing is so good I like the little bits the clever bits that sort of yeah they find scabbers because it's like the or the the little shell that goes through Hagrid's window to break the jar. And mm-hmm. as it's happening the first time through, they're like things that don't totally make 100% of sense, mm-hmm. like the little twig that breaks behind them and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when you see it a mm-hmm. second time, it's like, oh, that's right. Hermione threw the shell. Hermi- they stepped mm-hmm. on the twig. That's what Hermione sees. Hermione's saying, is that what my hair looks like from the back? Like all the things. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good little lines like that. And on- honestly, mm-hmm. too, like it becomes a horror movie there for about, you know, 90 seconds or so with the moon. When Lupin's and you know, and you can say what you yeah. want about Lupin's transformation because it's a little rough. You know, 2004 yeah. CGI. It's a little, you know, but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's really well done. And I just, uh, I, I mm-hmm. you said it too, Aaron. Like I love that Snape goes to protect the kids. Like that's such a mm-hmm. Snape who, who comes out from being mm-hmm. knocked cold. And in the books, they're just yeah. like dragging him along. Like he's they're just lo- his head is bumping yeah. against the tunnel. In the films, <laughs> it's almost like they just left him in the shrieking shack, they and he came to and ran through the tunnel to come find mm-hmm. them. But he's like, you know, what are you? He's, he's upset when he sees them at first, mm-hmm. and then looks and sees there's a mm-hmm. effing werewolf right there, and immediately like shields them. And it's just there's some really yeah. neat things there that are happening. I think you see, mm-hmm. you know, sta- uh, you know, a lot of this movie you know, is is Lupin and serious and stuff. But you also get kind of like an insight into Snape in his like his time at Hogwarts too, where where we see that later when Harry does occlumency of mm-hmm. like these guys tortured him. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. were his worst bullies. And uh he finally feels that he's you know, he's got them now. Like he's got them. Like he's gonna turn in serious. He's gonna get Lupin fired and worse and um so you do feel, I don't know, you feel bad for Snape a little bit. I don't know. Because <laughs> he's got it so wrong. <laughs> right. One part I like is, like, when you come back the second time to Hagrid's hut. Um, so it's just Harry and Hermione, and they're listening. And um, just Professor Dumbledore is giving them every opportunity yeah. to get yeah. Buckbeak. Um, he's like, oh, I need to sign my name, too, to Fudge. Mm-hmm. And then it's, oh, and he, so Fudge is like, sign this line. And it's like, oh, my name is really long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. Got a really long name. And then mm-hmm. as they come out the door, he's, like, pointing out something on the other side so that they still have time. Yeah. The strawberries. Go. He points out the strawberries <laughs> over there. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is great. Yes. Uh, those are planted. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, yeah. after Professor Dippet was around. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, and we get a great moment down at the lake where Sirius and Harry, number one original Harry, I guess, mm. are are succumbing to the Death Eaters, not Death Eaters, are succumbing to the Dementors' kisses almost. And uh, and then Harry, too, uh, casts the Patronus. Alternate timeline Harry. Across the lake that makes them, alternate timeline Harry, yes. casts the Patronus to make them all go away, saving him and Sirius's life. Mm-hmm. Um because he knew he could do it because he already did it. Yeah. <laughs> that is like the moment, I think. Like yeah. just the big exploding white lights mm-hmm. of the Patronus. And, mm-hmm. yeah. He's a very powerful wizard. He learned that. Because yeah. Hermione says, like, Snape said that only a very powerful wizard could have cast that. And right. so at first Harry thinks it's his dad. Doesn't mm-hmm. know how, but, you know, uh, 
that's that's his first because their their um, patronuses are the same, um, right? Stags, but I think that's one thing that doesn't come up in the movie. They didn't explain like Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs, the no. owners of the original no. Marauders map, and that's yeah. like that's Harry's dad yeah. and his friends. Like yeah. they just didn't. Say and that's it at the all. biggest. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest plot hole in this film for me is that when Lupin takes the map from Harry and they sort Mm -hmm. of, in the books, you get this great exchange where Harry's like, how do you know it's a map? Like, because at the time, again, he's wiped it clean. It's just a blank sheet of parchment. Mm -hmm. And then Lupin's kind of like, never mind how I know. And then later they explain like, we're the Marauders. I'm Mooney. Duh. Mm -hmm. I'm a werewolf, you morons. Like, this is, Prongs was James because he turned into a stag to protect me. And there's this great backstory about how Lupin was Mm -hmm. a werewolf when he got to school and his friends went through this process of becoming an animagus. Yeah. And we, we hear a little bit about that in the movies, right. but not not the backstory mm-hmm. of it, but what an animagus is yeah. and how Pettigrew turned into a rat and how like, so all this stuff that are huge plot points, both from Harry personally and from mm-hmm. the arc of this story are just kind of glossed over. And if you're watching yeah. this and you've never read the books, I think part of you is maybe, because Lupin again uses the map to figure out where they are and that's how he knows where they're mm-hmm. going. Yeah. It's like, well, how mm-hmm. did Lupin know how to use the map? And like, who are the marauders? And what does this have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. And why is, we, we sort of miss the symbolism of the fact that, yeah, Harry's Patronus is his dad. That's the animal his dad mm-hmm. turned into. And why Pettigrew becomes a rat. All yeah. those things just sort of get tossed out yeah. the window. And it really could have just been like one line when Lupin and Sirius are in there mm-hmm. together. Like, yeah, this was mm-hmm. us. <laughs> He's Padfoot. Yeah. I'm, I mean, they just, you know what I mean? They just, they just missed yeah. that. And that was a huge thing about missed Harry's history and the characters that he's interacting with on the screen. Mm-hmm. So, bummer. But mm-hmm. couldn't have everything, I guess. Yeah. But you could have had this, dang it. Yeah. You could have had this. You could have this. You yeah. could have put this in. Again, make it long. Two minutes. Two minutes. That's We're all you need. fine with it. Just like, what? yeah, two minutes. That's all we need. Yeah. Uh, so yes, so Harry, uh, they've, they've saved Buckbeak, they've saved Sirius, but Sirius is locked in the tower, um, and Harry and Hermione ride Buckbeak up and, Mm -hmm. and save Sirius, and he escapes on Buckbeak, and he flies off, um, into the unknowns, I guess, um, dashing Harry's hope of having a, a stable home away from the Dursleys, for now. But he saved an innocent man from a terrible fate. And then they go back, and poor Ron is like, wait, what just yeah, happened? Was we're there. We're there. We're there. That's a great line. Rupert Grant, really good in this film. That's pretty much the movie. I don't know anything else you want to add about the movie. We've gone a bit long, but that's okay. <laughs> it was bound I to mean, happen. I mean, if you're going to go long, this might as be well one. be on this one. Anything else you want to say? I suppose, you know, just because we're talking about this, two other things that are really fun. Well, okay, one thing that's yeah. fun and one thing I wish they would have included. At the tail end of the film... When they get back just in time to Madame Pomfrey's nursery, when they when they get back to the yeah. the medical ward, mm-hmm. and Dumbledore is shutting the door to lock them in, and they get there, and they're like, you know, they say, "Oh, we did it, we did it," and Dumbledore is just like, "Did what? <gasps> Good night," <laughs> like walks away, <laughs> and it's just you know, Michael Gambon mm-hmm. sometimes is not great in the role of Dumbledore in this series. But I he does I like what he brings to the table and yeah, he's terrible in number four. But I like what he brings to the table in three. I think Quarrel yeah. got the best out of him in mm-hmm. that characterization. I liked that. Yeah. I sort of wish though that yeah. we would have again make this movie longer. But I love in the books when <laughs> Snape who's basically been given mm-hmm. an order of Merlin from Cornelius Fudge for capturing yes. oh. Sirius Black. 
you know, first class yeah. if I can swing it. Like, the, you know, he's just had the greatest moment of his life where he's captured his arch enemy and proven him to be all uh. his suspicions about Lupin being in cahoots. Mm-hmm. And then come yeah. to find out that he's gone. And Snape, like, bursts in to, <laughs> to the hospital ward and is like, it's Potter. Potter did something. Like, Snape knows. And the thing is, <laughs> Snape is right. But there's the time yeah. travel, you know. And it would have been fun to have mm-hmm. Alan Rickman play that out. But again, yeah, oh, time totally. travel. You just we needed more time being kind yeah. of that like erratic. Like, yeah, because it's like spittle. Because you know? he's pretty yeah. like he's, he's angry. angry a lot, but he's pretty metered, you know, about he it. But he's very mm-hmm. angry like this. <laughs> but in the books, it's like they said, you know, spittle is coming out of his yeah. mouth, and Fudge is like, oh my gosh, he's deranged. Mm-hmm. Don't watch out for that fella. Calm yeah. down. And yeah. Dumbledore has the great line of like, oh no, no, he's he's perfectly sane, but he's just been dealt a severe blow or whatever, yeah. whatever he says. So. Anyway, yeah. it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's beautiful. You know, you've got a lot of more artistic scenes in this one, like in some of the other ones, because Alfonso, yes. you know, brought a different feel to it. And he only did the Fun one. Fun fact from yeah. the from the studio tour, uh, yeah. Alfonso's wife and child are in one of the portraits. Hey. I enjoyed, like, they, oh, they kind of redid the portraits on mm-hmm. the wall, I think, in this one. Like, Don yeah. French New was added lady. as mm-hmm. the fat lady, yeah. which was a great ad. Just my <laughs> 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 yeah that's great and that's another part that was all missed out was like Ron, like Sirius attacking Ron like in his bed and then like Ron became like kind of the pseudo celebrity right. and then you know kept embellishing the story about <laughs> then like he fought Sirius Black <laughs> off like yeah a lot of good a lot of good uh, little side pieces there but yeah. okay so now it is time for us to give our reviews of this movie um mary do you want to start or do you want me to go first i can start i wrote it down beforehand i'm on on top of it okay i'm giving it four and a half pumpkins um i think it's like it's a harry potter movie like i kind of like already baseline love it so Mm -hmm. it's like hard to go wrong and if we're just looking at emma thompson emma thompson's amazing in her four some four minute part Mm mm-hmm the thing that kind of gets me is the the what now when you watch it it just kind of looks like a campy creature flick mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, and then another thing i went with pumpkins like this is happening in the spring right why is hagrid growing pumpkins <laughs> there you go that's my yeah, question of the day that's why you got it four and a half Ma- you know you know questionable garden growth you, you know what i'm going to say to that mary magic Magic. Magic. There's, oh. there's your answer. I have had that same thought as well. Like, it's supposed yeah. to be June, guys. Why I don't. I don't know. The yeah, magic, but magic pumpkins, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if he's got to grow the like, giant ones for Halloween, you probably have to start. Yeah. <laughs> start now. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um. Uh. Alex, how about you? What are you gonna go for? I am gonna give it five pink teacups because I am partial to the pink. So Neville, take the blue one next time because I like I like the pink. No, I, like I said earlier, like again, it's my it's probably my favorite of the Potter films, mm-hmm. and it's close because there are lots of good ones. But just the storylines are so good. The acting has now gotten better. Mm-hmm. The, the the young actors are starting to catch yeah. up a little bit. Obviously, there are some scenes where you yeah. kind of go, ah, but it's it's just fun. And like I said, mm-hmm. I love Lupin. I love that Hagrid's a little more involved as a, as a professor. We love Trelawney. Sirius Black, Gary Oldman is fantastic. Like all the things that sort of come together yeah. in this film that you haven't had in the first two uh, make it one of the best ones, I think, in the series. So give me the five teacups. Five stars. Or teacups. The pink ones, please. <gasps> Excellent. Right. <laughs> um, 
I think I'm going to go with 4.75. I'm going to do 4.75 Flight of the Hippogriffs. Oh. Oh. Um, Again, one of my favorite Harry Potter movies. I'm just taking off a small deduction for some of the things that were left out. And Mm. um, some of the uh, missing pieces of what we talked about. But very enjoyable. Love all the new character additions. Good times all around. So that's... That's that's our reviews. So now that you've heard from us, we are going to give you reviews from uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a five star and a two star review. I couldn't. Sometimes I have a hard time finding one stars because they're all like this DVD didn't work. <laughs> 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 um, so I had the higher rating. So Mary, yeah. I'll read the five star. Okay. So this one's entitled Hogwarts Year Three, reviewed in the United States on January second, twenty seventeen. The Prisoner of Azkaban has richly detailed sets, even by the standards of the first two movies. Mm -hmm. We get to see much more of the interior and exterior of Hogwarts, and many of the scenes outside Hogwarts are set in in the breathtaking Scottish Highlands. Some marvelous guest actors help fill out the cast, and our three heroes are growing up. All together, it's a wonderfully entertaining movie, highly recommended to fans of the series. Nice. And I'll read the... You said it was a two-star review? A two-star. A two-star review from Amazon. Give this prisoner the death penalty. <laughs> Reviewed in the United States on March 4, 2006. What ruined the movie was surely the adaptation of the book to film uh, because it was all out of order. The only part that was perfect was the time travel, which takes up almost 45 minutes of the movie. The new director, Alfonso Curion really focused on Harry and Barley. <laughs> the spell, the spelling mistakes are fun, and Barley, any of the other characters. It was as if all the bonds of the supporting cast members were stripped away, only so Harry and the new members of the cast could have their day in the sun. This is also the shortest of all the movies. We leave the typos in. If that's how they're written on Amazon, we leave we oh. we present them directly Those as they were. Cast members. Cast oh. members. Classic. <laughs> okay. Um. Anybody? Anyone want to add anything else? We're about one forty-five into this extended oh, edition. Man. Oh man, I got a low power mode, man. <laughs> oh no, yeah. I know. So maybe we'll just wrap yeah, this I up. Yeah, I think so. Butterbeer's on me. Peace out. Bubbies. <laughs> Florida or Wizarding World of Harry Potter? Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We go. We go. When yeah. pandemic is over. Well, first of all, we want to thank our guest co-host <laughs> Alex yes. for joining us for making us this episode at least time. forty-five minutes longer than usual. <laughs> Your great insights. <laughs> In depth, mm-hmm. he is, or should we use your real name, Albus yeah. Heinerdorf? Professor Albus Heinerdorf. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to email us any thoughts, you can reach us at allmymoviespodcast at gmail.com and you can tweet us at allmymovieshow. Mm-hmm. Also on Facebook at allmymovieshow. <laughs> and Aaron, do you want to leave us with what is potentially the tagline straight from the movie poster? I would love to. Everything will change. Or or if you prefer, something wicked this way comes. <gasps> something wicked this <laughs> way comes. The frog choir. Yes.
I just wanted to see the bow bat and Durmstrang entrance. That's all I wanted. Do, 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 ha, do, 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 do. Thank you for listening to the All My Movies podcast. Remember to review, subscribe, and follow Erin and Mary on Twitter at All My Movies Show. <laughs> <laughs>